Hey world, it's me again, Candace. And I just got out of the shower, so I was sitting here thinking, you know what, dude? Plug in your mic and do the thing that you love. Do you remember January 1st, where you had all these ideas about how your year was going to turn out? All these plans, like... You practically created some form of syllabus about how you're going to give up this and change that and, I don't know, whatever people do. For me, in my case, I said, this is my year, and I'm going to kick this year in the ass, and I'm going to be the best version of myself no matter what. And instead, (laughs) the year kicks me in my ass as of February 11th, the day after my birthday. I broke up with my boyfriend of two years, moved out. April 20th, I finalized my divorce of six years, separated all of those years, but I just didn't have the heart or even the motion to get it all finished, but it was done. That day a friend of mine said, dude, I'm so proud of you. You're such a goddess, and you're just making all of these moves. You got this. April 23rd, I visit that same friend, and he pours me a heavy drink. And I thought that was funny, because he owned the bar, but he said, this one's on the house. He says, I've been thinking about you, and I just miss your energy. You've got good energy. I thought to myself, it's kind of weird, but okay. Thank you. Thank you for being so kind. He always was, and very encouraging, even. He told me, keep up with my stuff, my poetry, things I like to do, because I'm going places. Just got to believe in myself. And we sat, ate Doritos and nacho cheese, thought it was one of the most dorkiest pairings in the world, but I always liked Jack and Coke, so why not have some Doritos and nacho cheese? And we watched some kind of boxing. That wasn't my sport of choice, but it was for him. And he said something like, you know, I didn't really believe in mental health, but I started talking to someone and it's kind of crazy how you start unpacking all that stuff. April 24th, he was dead. He took his life. April 25th, I think to myself, was there something I could have said, could have done? come I didn't know? Why didn't I know? Why didn't I see? And in that same parallel, I thought about all the times that I didn't want to be here and no one knew, no one saw. No one knows that I count the days from the days that I wanted to not be here at all. And the rest of the year, kind of felt the same. 
like I was driving a car and suddenly that car went into the ditch because there's nothing but snow on the ground. And as I'm revving this car to get out of the ditch, I dig myself further into this ditch. And if you've been in mud before or stuck in the snow, you know that the more you floor the car, the more that car is going to stay stuck. And so I sat in that car for a while, engine just running, tilted to the side in this ditch. People would come and go and they'd ask me if I was okay, but it sounded more of like, oh, okay. And you sit there just staring forward. Maybe I would nod my head. I still didn't even know what they said. And the rest of the year, I, I assure you, people sounded more of, like I knew someone was talking to me, but I couldn't quite make out those words. And it was like, every day, I was trying to live in the day, processing everything around me. Where was I in life? What happened in my life? How did I get here? When did I get here? Why am I here? In this space, sitting in this vehicle, the engine running, and I'm not moving. Granted, people offered to help me pull my vehicle out of the ditch. But I just couldn't move. I couldn't say yes. I couldn't say no. I just didn't say anything. And after a while, people get tired of talking to you at the window. They just leave. And that's okay, too. I realized that I was in the driver's seat and it was up to me to say whatever I wanted to say. I missed my podcasting, I missed a lot of things about myself, but I just couldn't move. After a while, you're, you're sitting in this damn car and you're like, I am so tired of days going by and I'm standing or sitting in this ditch. This car is, is done. It's totaled. I, it's not going to move anymore. So I decided I was going to get out of that damn car. Turn it off. Just start walking. May, I was walking. June, I'm walking. July, I'm walking. August, I, I'm nearly sprinting at this time, I'm jogging because it's healthy for you. And I feel like my spirits are rising a bit and I said to myself, I have to change this because I'm jogging, but I've got no place to go, I'm just jogging. And that for me was okay too, I guess. September, I stopped drinking stop smoking because it wasn't doing anything for me anymore it was just blowing smoke out of my mouth I can't get high anymore I'm drinking and I can't get drunk anymore and in fact I hate the feeling of being drunk and out of my mind October I finally say I need some help because I'm tired of spiraling and 
running with no place to go. I'm tired of feeling like life is just moving around me and I can't grasp anything. So I get on Lexapro. <clears throat> Two months sober now. And it feels good. I feel like I'm not jogging in place anymore. I'm not running with nowhere to go. I feel like I'm actually in a room. In my bedroom. I am so present that I hear the sounds of life around me. I'm not running in slow motion. It just is. Life is moving around me and I'm moving with it. To be present is one of the most mind-blowing feelings ever, I, I assure you. Because you're, or at least for myself, I'm always in my head. I'm always wondering this, thinking that. How could I do this? What if I was better at that? And I never get to say, in this current moment, I am doing the best at existing I've ever done. I'm sober. I'm consistent with my meds, I'm consistent with getting out of bed to shower, I'm consistent with brushing my teeth every day, I'm consistent with eating three square meals a day, I'm not starving myself because I can't get out of bed, I can't move, I'm doing the best I can now, in this very moment. And sometimes the perfectionism in me gets the best of me and I'm like, but even though I'm doing the best I can in this moment, I could probably be doing so much more. It's like it, it hurts to congratulate myself. It's like it hurts to compliment me in this space. It hurts to acknowledge that. Because I was so used to growing up and having someone say, not that they're proud of me, but you could be doing more. You could be doing more. You could be doing better. You could be excelling more. Why aren't you like this person or that person? Or when I was your age, I was spinning the block around you, dude. I did it. But to hear the words, you are enough, that hurts. It's like those words become daggers at your chest, and it's not that they're dangerous words, it's not that they're hurtful words, it's that someone who isn't someone you expected it to come from says you're enough, and I'm proud of you, and I love you, and you're incredible, and I love the way you write, I love the way you speak, your voice is soothing, you can be excellent if you believed in yourself. sit there in the present absorbing those words thank god for Lexapro <laughs> so I absorb those words and I repeat them to myself and they're like it's like being a new baby and you get sensation from touch or you get sensation from hearing a voice it's Wow, what is that? I am enough. What is that sound? 
so I process it. I say it to myself more often. And I think of like when Spider-Man first shot his web, his first web out of his wrist, and he's like, wow, what the fuck? I've got webs. I'm like, wow, dude, I've got power and saying I'm enough. I've got a voice. I can speak up. So I started working on this shadow work journal. I don't know if you guys saw it on TikTok, but it's, uh, it's pretty powerful. One of the questions the other day was, why am I seduced into a victim mentality? And at first, you're like, damn, there goes one of those daggers. And with the questions, you're initially just kind of go with whatever your brain thinks of first. Don't think of anything. Don't overthink the question. Just write down the first thing that comes to your mind. And mine was, I guess I think I was just supposed to be submissive, that I just need to lay down and submit to whatever someone says to me about me, I have to accept it. Because that's what I've always done. I've always accepted what someone's given me and told me that I am. I've had friends tell me I'm pathetic. I'll never amount to anything. I've had parents tell me I'll never be anything. And so I lay in that. I submit to that. I accept that. But it was never that that was true. It was never that that is the mentality I'm supposed to have. It's just what I was used to. And so being present, I say, what is pathetic? Am I pathetic? No. It's not true. What someone says of me is not who I am. I am more than that. I am enough. And maybe I'm not enough for those people and that's why they're not in my life anymore. I'm not enough for them. But I'm enough for me. And it starts to erase this catastrophic thought process that I'm going to repeat being submissive. I'm going to repeat being a victim. I'm going to repeat being a nobody. It's, it ends there because I'm present. In my present, I'm taking back hold of my life. I'm taking back hold of who I am and hugging myself. Hugging her because she deserves that. Loving her because she deserves that. Telling her that I'm safe where I am. I'm safe. And my world begins to uncrumble. And that stalled vehicle on the road I have long left because it's not who I am. Maybe my vehicle has stalled, but I am still alive. I can walk. I can breathe. I can move. And so can you. I encourage you to say, you are enough that you're proud of yourself and stop waiting for that letter in the mail to come that you know damn well it won't 
Accountability is hard for people. They're not going to apologize to you. They'd rather send you banana bread or some baked goods instead of saying, I'm sorry for treating you this way. They're going to want to buy you a gift because that gift is easier to give than it is to say, I am sorry. I'm sorry. And I'll have you know that it is not enough for them to just give you a gift. No. An apology will always be first. And if that apology is too hard for them to say, know that it's okay for you to say, that is not enough for me. I deserve accountability. I deserve acknowledgement. And I deserve better than what you give. You can give thousands of dollars. It will never amount to the simplicity of I am sorry. That's not good enough for me. And that is okay for you to say. It's okay for you to choose what is enough for you. It is okay for you to choose what is enough for me. I can choose what's enough for me. This is your life, honey. Pick it up by the bootstraps and you choose what is okay for you. What is good for you. Encourage yourself. Stop waiting for them to do it. Because you don't need outside validation, babe. Validate yourself with your words. Validate yourself with your own love. Validate yourself by saying, in this moment, in the silence of my room, or in the silence of that stalled car, I am enough. And I encourage you to pick yourself up because you deserve to live. And maybe I didn't know then what I know now, but I know this for sure. I deserve to live and to be the best version of myself because perfection doesn't exist. It really doesn't. But you do. And so choose in this moment to live to my sweet friend that's no longer here. I wish you knew how much you deserve to live. I love you. I miss you every day. And I think of all the other people that have lost their lives to themselves because they were always enough. They just probably never heard it.